you see how the Tigers-Indians game ended Sunday? Did you see that? I did not see it. I saw it on Twitter, which doesn't really count. It was awesome. It was Austin. Very, uh, awesome. Yeah, it was Austin. Austin Jackson throwing out Kosuke Fukudome at the plate to win the game, to end the game in the bottom, or I guess it was the top of the ninth in Detroit. 8-7, Detroit wins, and they sweep the Indians. They have a four-and-a-half game lead. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball today. Not Baseball today, but Fantasy Baseball today. Sunday, August 21st. And it's time to set your lineup for the upcoming week. We're here to help you. So I'm Adam Azer with Al Melchior and Scott White. If you haven't been following Al and Scott on Twitter, you should do so at Al Melk CBS. That's Al, M-E-L-C-H-C-B-S. No H. No H. Excuse me. Pardon me. M-E-L-C-C-B-S. And at Scott White. That one I'm not spelling for you. At CBS Scott White. Damn, I should have spelled it for you. At CBS <laughs> Scott White. Okay, follow us on Twitter at CBS Fantasy BB, Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy. Wow, it's been a tough intro. And we are uh, taking your emails on our podcast at DM Fantasy Baseball at CBS.com. D is in Dallas, M is in McPherson. So welcome, everybody. Let's get to the show here. Before we go into Scott's hitting planner and Alice's pitching planner and plenty of injury news to update you on, including Brian Wilson heading to the DL. Let's look at three guys who are recently off the DL on the mend and decide if we want to start them because fantasy owners have decisions to make. Justin Morneau, now he's dealing with a bit of a foot injury. Start or sit? Sit, and it has less to do with the foot injury for me than the fact he just hasn't been hitting since he came off the DL. Had a couple doubles early, but was quiet over the weekend. Uh, even with the Twins having good matchups this week, I'm sitting more now. Shinsu Chu. Definitely going to start Chu. couple three-hit games, homered Saturday. Uh, looks like he's back, and the Indians have good matchups. Alex Rodriguez, 0 for 5 Sunday in his return from the DL. Al? Yeah, maybe a slow start for the first few games, but uh, he's back. He's healthy. He needs to be started. So now we get into the hitting planner, and we've got some interesting situations. The Pirates and the Orioles play eight games. Remember all those rainouts? <laughs> well, this is a, a week of doubleheaders. The Padres, Angels, and White Sox play five. So Pirates and Orioles play eight. Padres, Angels, and White Sox play five. Five best matchups of the week. Twins, Orioles, Indians, Brewers, Pirates. Twins, Orioles, Indians, Brewers, Pirates. What do we need to know, Scott? Well, uh, Jason Kubel, who didn't end up having the big week last week, is once again a good sleeper, uh, particularly since it's a bunch of right-handers on the schedule for the Twins. Um, you know, some of the borderline guys we haven't seen much of, uh, Jonathan Lucroy, because the Brewers are on here, Garrett Jones, a guy with, uh, I think, seven of the eight pitchers the Pirates are facing are right-handers, so he looks pretty good, too. Uh, a bunch of decent sleepers on those teams. Okay, and the five worst matchups, Padres, Marlins, White Sox, Mets, and Angels. Padres, Marlins, White Sox, White Sox, Mets, and Angels. Yeah, notice the three games you mentioned as having the five-game weeks Yeah, three are all on this list. That'd be Padres, Angels, and White Sox. Looking at the Mets, Yeah, even though they have a bad matchups, still got to start Angel Pagan? I think Angel Pagan, as hot as he is, uh, you could still definitely justify starting him. I, I did not have him in the approach with caution category. Anybody else jump out? Don't say Cameron Maben because I'm saving him for outfielders. <laughs> okay. Uh, did we talk? Are we going to talk about Mark Trumbo? No. Uh, yes, but you, you can spoil him. Yeah, well, he, he got hot over the weekend, but I don't think it's uh, with the five games. I still don't think you could justify starting him. Um, 
Juan Pierre, a guy who's been hot recently, but not a lot of steals. Still mostly singles in a five-game week. That's not going to amount to much. So really, there's so many borderline players on those three teams that, for the most part, you should sit all of them. I mean, five games is, is not much time. You know, Torrey Hunter has been red hot. 20 points or more in the last three fantasy weeks. Five games for Torrey Hunter. Start or sit? You know, obviously, since he's that hot, I think he's got a 19-game hitting streak going on, too. Uh, he's still somebody I'd lean towards starting. But you look at that rest of that outfield, Bobby Abreu is struggling, Vernon Wells struggling, Trumbo, who I mentioned earlier. All those players, since since they're not red hot and since you're not starting them probably anyway, go ahead and sit them this week. Catcher now, moving away from the matchups. J.P. Aaron Sibia, starter sit. Al, what do you think? I think you got to start them. Okay. And what about Miguel Montero? He has not been great lately, Scott. No, he hasn't, and that's part of the reason I think he's hitting two fifty five since the break. Not a lot of production there, but the main thing is the Diamondbacks. Four left-handed pitchers on schedule this week. Montero's numbers against them, 176 batting average, 498 OPS. There's going to be a lot of cases where you can't sit him because he's still one of the top five catchers in fantasy, but I think if you have a good backup, you could make the argument this week. Lucroy or Montero? See, I have Lucroy as a recommended start. I, I still don't see myself sitting Montero for okay. him. But I think there are some situations out there where you could do, where yep. you could sit him still. Well, and he will probably sit some of those games against lefties, right? Because I've seen that he's, he sits quite a bit against lefties. I don't know. Do they? I, I still feel like he starts like a starting catcher, so I don't know if they time his off days against uh, lefties. I, I mean, I still f- think he's going to start against most of the lefties, but maybe he'll sit out one or two of those games. Is Joe Maurer a must-start to you, Al? You know, he's not. And I mean, it, it seems odd to say that, but you, you know, you just, you look at the production, the increased time off this year. And I think if you do have one of the better catchers um, available, again, if you drafted Maurer, you probably, that's probably not your situation, but I could see situations where you could sit Maurer. I disagree. I think he is a must start. And, you know, obviously his numbers are down. Yeah, he's gaining eligibility at other positions. You wouldn't want to start him there. But over the last eight weeks, he scored 10 points or more. That is great consistency for a catcher. And, and when you you go over that time period, the only catchers who have outscored Maurer in head-to-head leagues are Mike Napoli and Carlos Santana. So, wow. I mean, third best catcher over the last eight weeks. It's kind of hard to argue well, against that. You've, you've convinced me because I didn't really realize. Shocking. Yeah. Shocking? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's just the consistency thing. There's so many up and down weeks and from he plays, catchers. You know, like so today off, first Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of the Kurt Suzuki argument, except this is a much better player than Kurt Suzuki, even with the power numbers down. All right, last guy, because we've spent too long on catches. <laughs> Tyler Flowers. He's done some good work, and we talked about him earlier in the week. Yeah, he has. I like what he's done. It's a small sample size, but I think uh, he's a reasonable sleeper in deeper leagues. Okay. He's, he's widely Sorry. available because I've picked him up in some ale only just in the past few days. Mike Carp, as we move on to first baseman, he's only starting in 40% of leagues. He's hitting 325 right now. Starter sit Mike Carp. Slowing down a little bit. Still a 19-game hitting streak, but no extra base hits in the last four. Not great matchups this week, so I'd lean against him. Carlos Lee at first base. I'd lean against him also. I think he's been overstarted most of the year. Uh, the fact the Astros have only two left-handers on schedule. Uh, actually, yeah, two. Doesn't bode well for him because he does most of his damage against lefties. Okay, Carlos Lee or Justin Morneau? I guess I'd still go with Lee because I don't trust Morneau to do anything at this mm-hmm. point. But 
neither are great options. Paul Goldschmidt, Al. There's a playing time issue with him, so uh, I would really have to be lacking in options to go for Goldschmidt. I'd be sitting him in most cases. You don't love gold today. No, I don't. <laughs> okay, Mitch Moreland didn't do much on Sunday, as it was not a good day for the Rangers, but yeah, he had he had a big week. Mitch, Mitch Moreland, starter six. 553 homers in the eight games leading up to Sunday. He's definitely a start. The Rangers are home and only one lefty in a seven-game week. Both of those are great news for Moreland. Awesome. All right, second base now. Dustin Ackley, start or sit? I'm going to stick with him as cold as he's been. I just think you look at the OPS, you look at the, the numbers during the time he's been up, and they're still starting caliber numbers. Uh, Seattle matchups, kind of middle of the road. I, I said they weren't great before, and they're not, but they're not bad either, so I, I'd stick with Ackley in most cases. Howard Kendrick, Al, start or sit? Probably sit. Um, he really he got off to such a great start this year, but he really has just been the same old Howard Kendrick for most of the season, and that makes him a borderline guy. All right, Kelly Johnson. Wouldn't be our show without Kelly Johnson. <laughs> can't can't <laughs> he, be the he start. He tripled six. today. Oh, he did. Yeah, oh, he I, did. I changed my mind then. He's just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll still stay with sit for him. Uh, he has had some, some a bit of a playing time issue recently. He started five of the last nine games. They've been moving Roberts, Ryan Roberts, over to second more. And until Kelly Johnson really gets on a hot streak, I think that might continue. So uh, just too hard to trust in mixed leagues. Uh, we gave you some pretty, uh, you know, not too sexy options there with Ackley, Kendrick, and Johnson. But we did say start Dustin Ackley. Third base now, Chipper Jones heating up a little bit, but you're shaking your head. I am, because it's another playing time issue. And the thing for him is the way the Braves lineup sets now. If Chipper Jones is in the lineup, one of Jose Constanza, who's still hitting well, or Jason Hayward, who's still you know great potential there, has to be out of the lineup. So there's never going to be a situation where Chipper Jones plays every game. And, and at his age, there probably shouldn't be. Uh, and I just don't think the Braves week lines up well enough for, for him for you to for you to get him active. What is it like being a Braves fan right now? They are playing for nothing. They are just penciled in as the wild card. They're not winning the division. Right. They're not falling out of the wild card. They got nothing to play for. That's why I think some of my uh Braves fan friends who for some reason don't like Freddie Gonzalez's bullpen management. And I, I don't know if it's just the after effect of Bobby Cox. Nobody's going to look good in their eyes. But that's why I think they need to simmer down. Because, simmer uh, down now. It's keeping the arms preserved, <laughs> keeping the team together. That, that should be his main focus right now. Because like you said, their, their destiny is pretty much already decided. Uh, what's it like being a Marlins fan? Not as good as being a Braves fan. <laughs> Pretty miserable. All right, well, how about Mark Reynolds? Starters sit him as we continue third baseman here. Mark Reynolds this week. Al, what do you think? I will start him, but I'll also check uh, again tomorrow before the lineup's locked because uh, he is dealing with the twisted ankle. Just in the, the case that it gets worse, I would want to check on that. I'm assuming Reynolds will be fine, and I'll start him, though. You said the word case. Let's talk about Casey McGee. God, <laughs> you're smooth, Al. He homered Sunday. Starter sit. He's actually having a good August, hitting yeah. 313. But since the three-homer game, August 3rd, three extra base hits total, I'm still not seeing enough there to uh, to convince me to start him. Really? Even with third base being third base? I mean, you could do worse, but I, I think in most cases you can do better. Chipper Jones, I think, is better. Okay. Shortstop now. 
Justin Sellers filling in for the injured D. Gordon. So this is a deeper league guy. What do you guys think about Sellers so far? He is a deeper league option, but um, you know, sort of an intriguing guy who's just developed power pretty much out of nowhere the last two seasons. You're not really on on the big prospect radar or anything, but definitely can help an NL only. Not going to give you batting average hitting in a lineup that's probably not going to produce a lot of runs, so not RBI or run scoring potential there. So just enough for NL only. Okay, Rafael for call, starter sit. I think he's a, a decent – I'm not just going to say start him, but he's a decent start if, if you need an, another shortstop. Uh, even with his batting average low with the Cardinals, it stayed down there just by having that better supporting cast. Coming into this week, the uh, week 20, he had scored 15 or more points in four straight games. So not bad. Four straight weeks. Four straight weeks, yeah. yes. Those would be some big games. <laughs> they would be. That would... <laughs> Jed More Lowry. than not bad. Now, Ugolis is on the DL, so that opened up some room for Jed Lowry to get in there. Would you start or sit Jed Lowry? It's a lefty-righty thing for Lowry, and I've been waiting for this week so I can hype him again. The Red Sox have three lefties on schedule during their seven-game week. Lowry, 378 with a 983 OPS against lefties. It's terrible against righties, but obviously getting every day at bats. At third, with Euclid out, he should be able to take advantage of those matchups and hopefully have a week like he did uh, back in late April or early May or whatever it was. How about Lowry or Casey McGee at third? At third, I I, th- I think I'm probably leaning toward Lowry. Oh, okay. But let me show you a case where I am going to go with Lowry. Eric Ibar's been struggling. Angels have a five-game week. I think in that oh. league, I'm going to go with Lowry over him. Okay, so moving on to the outfield now. Chris Young, it's alarming. Seven for 59 in August. The guy has just been terrible for the Diamondbacks. Start or sit Chris Young. This is another lefty-righty thing. I really like Young's chances of bouncing back, even though he's hitting like 125 since the All-Star break. 294 with a 948 OPS against lefties this season, which is better numbers than Young puts up, you know, even when he's going well, usually. And I like that the Diamondbacks are home also. So I, I think if you've just gotten to where you're sitting young, you need to get him back in for this week. Okay, Cameron Maben, here it is. A five-game week. I mean, that, that's all I really got to say What about, about in Roto Leagues? I mean, the guy steals bases all the time. Sure, he does. And in Roto Leagues, it's harder to justify sitting him anyway because you start five outfielders. Uh, but I think most fantasy owners in standard leagues are going to be able to do better than him. Al, I asked you about Joel Maurer. Is Drew Stubbs a must-start guy? What do you think? Yeah, no, Stubbs is a, a must-start guy, even though the power hasn't really been there this year. Uh, he's proved, gives you enough in every category that you keep starting Stubbs. Yeah, seems a little disappointing to me, like Maurer. I don't yeah, know. I'm less on the must-start bandwagon for Stubbs, but uh, he's, he's still a high-end guy. I'm, I don't, you know, I don't want to go against him that much. Okay, we talked about Torrey Hunter, said he's hot enough to justify starting even in a five-game week. How about Matt Joyce? Matt Joyce. I like the righties on schedule, but every time I say that, it, it doesn't seem to work out. I just think Joyce, he had his run, and at least for this year, you, you might as well just go with somebody else in mixed leagues. Like Josh Willingham. Maybe, right? maybe. Start Josh Willingham? Uh, Oakland's matchup, six games, but three lefties. Yeah, I, I can see that. He's, right. he's kind of middle of the road. It's still hammer time. Yeah. <laughs> what about, finally, Tony Gwynn Jr.? Starter sit. Only if you need steals. 
Okay. Well, there you go. Only if you need steals. Injuries, news, and notes before we get to the pitchers here. Jordan Zimmerman, just to remind everyone, has two starts left. Uh, he really isn't going that deep into games lately. Is he still a, a good start? Well, he's a good – I mean, that's not going to be a question we're going to be asking for long. Uh, week 21 very likely is his last week, and it is a two-start week. So, yes, you, you need to start Zimmerman this coming week. There's some possibility they may give him one more start, and especially if he doesn't go deep into games in one or both of those starts, then his innings will be lower. But, you know, for this week, anyways, that's really all you need to worry about. Zimmerman's a guy you thought you start. Now, Al, you didn't consult the notes before you went with your quick pitch. But I'll give you a pass on this one. Alex White, he's going to start Tuesday for the Rockies. Jason Hamill goes to the bullpen. But we'll talk more about Alex White a little bit later. Brian Wilson on the DL, guys. Who is the replacement for Brian Wilson? Doesn't look like any single pitcher. Ramon Ramirez got the save in an 11-inning game Sunday, which just messes up the whole thing because I think they had Affelt, Jeremy Affelt pitch two innings before that. He's an option against left-handers. Javier Lopez, I saw, was an option also against left-handers. And uh, I, I think you could even throw uh, Casilla, Santiago Casilla, in that mix. So not really one guy to look at. I guess Ramirez would be my first choice. And since we're probably looking at just one week before Wilson's back, I mean, you're looking at, you know, what, maybe two, three save opportunities that are split. So yeah. nothing so really. So he, he should be back for week 22. Yes. Okay as we are entering week 21. So let's just say you're desperate here. It's week 21. You're in the playoffs, so this week is so important like it is for Alan Scott in the podcast league. Uh, would you rather have Ramon Ramirez, or would you pick up Chris Sale? I'd pick up Sale. I think there's going to be value there for a longer period of time and probably just more save opportunities in general on a weekly basis. Yeah, the Giants are not playing very well. No. Um, Okay, Cole Hamels, is he going to make two starts this week? No, he will not. Uh, hopefully, he will continue to be on schedule to make his one start against the Marlins on Friday. Jose Bautista was back in the lineup Sunday, uh, so you can breathe easy on Bautista. Jacoby Ellsbury was not. Starter sit Ellsbury. In, and, and let me preface this by saying you need to check. We're doing this you know, early evening on Sunday. You need to check the website Check your league, fantasynews.cbssports.com, before you make a final decision on these guys. But what do we need to know about Ellsbury right now? Got hit in the back Friday. Has a bruise there, a big bruise apparently. And uh, sat out Saturday and Sunday. It it doesn't seem like a big deal. I I think it's possible he might miss another game. But as as well as he's performed this season, you've got to keep him active. Any chance for Jose Reyes in Week 21? Maybe later in the week. Uh, I think he's eligible to come off Tuesday, but he ran some this weekend, and they didn't like the progress enough to to say it was even likely he'd come back then. So I, I think it's it's he's more likely to come back to miss the entire week, I think, than to come back early in the week. Michael Kadire still out of the lineup. Starter sit him week 21. I just think too risky at this point with no definitive timetable for a return. All right, that's another guy you're definitely going to want to check on in the morning before you set your lineup. Carlos Beltran, eligible to return Tuesday. Will he? Not enough progress, I don't think. Uh, Certainly nothing reported, so you can't activate him. Any chance we'll see Hanley Ramirez this week? Well, I think the question we need to be asking is any chance we'll see Hanley Ramirez again this year. And I'm Well, (laughs) no, that seems to be the, the growing concern in the Marlins organization and after he missed 
the last month, I think, if not more than that, last year with an elbow injury. You know, it seems likely it could happen again. They're not playing for anything. Adam Lynn this week. He's a little banged up. Yeah, just a little. Got hit in the wrist. Uh, wasn't nothing broken, obviously. I, I think he'll play most of the week. Red Sox called up Ryan LaVarnway. He is a catcher. He'll be DHing mostly for the Red Sox. Um, thoughts on him? Definitely an in- interesting prospect. He had 30 homers between Double A AA and Triple A this year, and and scouts always liked his bat. The defense was the bigger question. Um, David Ortiz, who Lavarnway was called to replace, looks like he's going to be able to come back within the next couple days. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with Lavarnway after that. If they trust him to start him behind the plate ever, if he just goes back to the minors and waits until September to come back up. Uh, but an intriguing AL only and, and keeper option. Okay, and Paul Mahalam to the DL. Any interesting replacements there? Uh, in terms of fantasy replacements, uh, you know, there are a few guys. I think we're going to talk about all these guys in a little while, so I won't give away too much. But uh, both Josh Tomlin and Jake Peavy will face the Mariners, uh, who still have scored the fewest runs of a team this year, so that's always a good matchup. Mike Miner becomes a two-start pitcher this week, so I think uh, he should be added to a lot of rosters in the next 24 hours. Well, let's do it then. Let's get into the pitchers, one-star pitchers and two-star pitchers. We start out with Rich Harden. He dominated the Blue Jays Friday. Seven innings, two hits, no runs, 11 strikeouts, and four walks. And his reward, he's at the Yankees this week. He started in (laughs) 21% of leagues, owned in 55% of leagues. Yes or no with Rich Harden? I'll say no. Still too much inconsistency, and what a bad matchup. Yeah. Okay, Jake Peavy, as you mentioned, is at Seattle. He's been bad lately. 11 earned runs in his last two starts. Owned in 72% of leagues. Started in 31%. Starter sit Peavy. Well, he's he's a risky pickup, to be sure. Um, but... Uh, not a lot of great options probably on waivers and in a lot of leagues even, uh, well, or especially standard mixed leagues this week. So I think Peavy with that Mariners matchup, he's as, probably as good as some of the options that you're going to have out there. Tim Stauffer kind of got back on track against the Marlins. What do you think about Stauffer? Sort of similar thing. Um, some, some inconsistency there lately, although one of the more consistent guys over the whole season um, you know, maybe a little more available now than he was uh, a week or two ago with a couple of really, really bad starts before the game against the Marlins. So Stoffer, uh, I'd say a, a last resort guy this coming week. Who would have thought, Al, that our Justin Morneau for Trevor Cahill trade would be a dud for both of us? <laughs> a lose-lose. <laughs> Cahill, oh gosh, man, he's been just terrible. Seven runs and five and a third. Three and twelve with a five three zero ERA since starting the season six and zero, and he's at the Yankees this week. At, at the Yankees, uh, the two key words there at and Yankees. Anytime you see at with Trevor Cahill, bad thing because he's just been miserable away from Oakland. Oh yeah, and been miserable against the Yankees wherever he faces them. So, well, I think last time was what like two innings, nine runs against the Yankees, something like that. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, uh, let's sit Cahill. Let's sit Cahill just about everywhere. Would you drop him? Uh, I still have him in the podcast league. He's sitting there on the bench. I think he's still useful with uh, good home matchups, and that's a narrow window, but that window might be there in the last few weeks. Phil Hughes, 3-1 and one with a 1.75 ERA in his last four starts. Phil Hughes is home against Oakland. 69% ownership. Could be a good week to get him. Yeah, great matchup, great recent history for, few, for Hughes. Uh, he's a start. Francisco Liriano, Scott. So we can't. I just don't know what to make of this guy. He's got no. Baltimore at home, and I, I he shut think, out the Yankees over seven innings on Saturday. 
Yeah, I'll kind of read him his last rights on the, <laughs> the last time he pitched. And not that I could really blame him. He had been awful, but I think a start like this shows why. I'm not ready to cut him yet, but at the same time, the back and forth, I mean, it's hard to trust him no matter what the matchups are. So yeah. in a one-start week, I'm sitting him. All right, Father Melchior, what do you think about uh, Josh, <laughs> Josh, Josh Tomlin? He gets Seattle at home, and he's only started in 47% of leagues. Yeah, he's a matchups guy, so it's you know about every other week. Tomlin's a guy that you can trust in most formats. This is one of those good weeks with the matchup against the Mariners. And finally, a guy who got lit up today on Sunday, Ubaldo Jimenez. Can you start him in Week 21? I'll lump him in the same category as uh, somebody like Stoffer or Peavy. Um, a lot of inconsistency recently after a good, solid midseason stretch not long before uh, he was traded to the Indians. So I, I don't like to do this because it feels like a knee-jerk thing to do, but between the Thursday or the Friday rather edition of the Pitching Planner and the Sunday update, I don't like to make too many changes based on performance, but I dropped uh, Ubaldo about 20 spots in the rankings <laughs> can't say I blame you yeah because yeah. I just it's just one more piece of, of data that shows the consistency I can't trust him right now unless I absolutely need a need a starter Two start guys now here's how this will work we'll read some of the names that are owned in a lot of leagues then when I get to the bottom Scott's gonna go all right I gotta leave now because I'm not interested in any of these <laughs> <laughs> all right here we go start out with Jair Jurgens. he is started in just 54 percent of leagues this type despite being owned in almost all leagues. He's at the Cubs and at the Mets. Start or sit? I would think start, just because, you know, he wasn't great last time out, but it was his first start off the DL. Cubs and Mets, both good matchups, two-star week. It, I'd start him. Yeah, and I mean, I can't really conceive of a two-start week where I wouldn't start Jurgens, but it especially helps this week that there's a handful of really high-end two-start options and a lot of really bad ones. Yeah. So Jurgens stands out this week. Ricky Nolasco, home against the Reds at the Phillies. Start or sit? I would think he's one of those really bad ones <laughs> Al was talking about after that start he had at Colorado. Knowing Nolasco, though, I mean, he could end up dominating this week and scoring 60 fantasy points. So it, I just don't think as important as this week is for most teams that you can take that chance on him. Well, he, he's a borderline guy. Um, I would say start because, again, there's limited two-start options. What scares me more than the most recent start against Colorado is he's got an upcoming start at Philadelphia. So that's the thing that actually makes me worry about in Alaska. But he's been really good far more often than he's been bad or terrible. So I would say unless you're very deep in pitching, you can actually start in Alaska this week. Kyle Loesch, Pirates and Dodgers at home. Loesch has started in 51% of leagues, owned in 82%. Pretty good matchups for Loesch, um, and he's been decent his last two times out, but those were with really, really favorable matchups. The 11 starts prior to the last two, just awful. So I do not trust Loesch yet, even in a two-start week. Let's go back to Nolasco. Would you go one-start PV against the Mariners or two-start Nolasco? Well, I'd still go two-start Nolasco if that's my choice, but <laughs> I think there's a lot better one-star pitchers <laughs> out there than PV that you're going to be choosing between. Bartolo Colon has Oakland at home and Baltimore on the road. Start or sit? I think we're going to disagree on this because Colon, I, these matchups are great. It's a two-star week, but I don't trust him to pitch beyond five innings or to pitch well in those five innings, and I could see him having like something like a five-point week even with the two matchups? Uh, I, I don't think so. He may not have a great week, but with two starts, he's, I think he's got to pick up 
at least one win in those two games, Oakland and Baltimore. Uh, and given the relative lack of, of good options, I think Cologne actually is a no-brainer to start. No-brainer. No I kind brainer. of agree. I, I feel like we'll get like 11 innings, yeah. maybe four earned runs, and a win or two. And that's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's no, better I than mean, a lot of guys will give you this It's week. It's hard to lose to Baltimore right now, particularly yeah. if you hit as well as the Yankees do. Yeah. So maybe I'm being a little too cautious. Eric Bedard is at Texas, and he is home against Oakland. He started in half our leagues, owned in 85%. Eric Bedard. Yeah, the Texas one obviously is a little risky. Almost for anybody it's risky, but Bedard has gotten better each time out with Boston. More pitches, more innings, uh, and he gets a nice start against Oakland, so he's a must-start yeah, this week. Yeah, I'd be more likely to go with him than, than Cologne. Jonathan Neese at Philadelphia, home against Atlanta, 71% ownership. Um. I don't know. He doesn't excite me, but I, I guess if you needed a two-star guy to fill in, it's not like he's had a bad season or a really bad stretch. Just just nothing really to make me say, okay, this is a guy I want in my lineup. A lot of up and down from him, too. Yeah, but I don't know that there have been many or any two-start weeks where I would have sat Nice. so certainly this one, even with the start at Philadelphia, uh, I'm keeping Nice active. Bud Norris at Colorado at San Francisco. No. No, that's it, a flat no. <laughs> uh, not, not a flat no, a very shaky yes from me. That start at Colorado could be awful, but he's got at the Giants, which is right now one of the best matchups possible in a, in a, week, <laughs> with, in a week with thin options. And I know that I'm saying that over and over again. But, but in a week Norris with thin options. So bad. He hasn't been well, good. Actually, well, no, he hasn't been good, but he hasn't been so bad either. He's just nah. been the definition of mediocre. He's got okay. two starts with one good matchup this week. That's enough. <laughs> these pitchers are owned in 50% of leagues or less. So these are the guys you can target. If, if I didn't like the high-end guys, what's that going to mean? <laughs> you could just set this one out, I, I look, think. You, don't, you got a lot. Come on. Fausto Carmona, Seattle, and Kansas City at home. No, that, he's a start this week, Carmona. Right, that's a good guy to pick just, up. You know, but Carmona, he's in that Nick Blackburn category where as soon as you trust him, he's going to burn you. Well, you got to I mean, you got to give him a little vote of confidence, Scott. No, he doesn't listen to me. He doesn't know me. <laughs> Not with that attitude. All right. <laughs> Joe Saunders at Washington and home against San Diego. Great matchups on a hot streak. Haven't recommended him all season long. And the 20-week streak is over. I am recommending Ooh, Joe Saunders in week 21. In the win column. All right. Brett Myers at Colorado at San Francisco. All right. Here's where I draw the line. Same matchups as Bud Norris, but Mr. Home Run, Brett Myers at Colorado. That's just asking for trouble. I don't care how great he does against the Giants. I'm not even sure I trust him there. So uh, no on Myers. Carl Pavano, home against Baltimore and Detroit. Yeah, too much disaster potential there for Pavano, especially against the Tigers. Well, do we like this one at least? Mike Miner, Cubs at home at the Mets, only owned in 33% of leagues. Scott's like, eh, maybe, maybe. It's interesting. I mean, as well as my Miner pitched last time out, nine strikeouts, beat Tim Lincecum against the Giants, who yeah, I was yeah. saying are terrible right now. And the thing about Miner is there's been no consistency since he's been up in the majors. Those are two good matchups, too, but I, I would still need to be in pretty desperate need of a two-star pitcher, I think, to, to turn to him. I could say that about, and I think I have actually said that about a lot of guys this week, Miner is you know, probably better than some of those guys that I'd be iffy on. Miner or Carmona? I'd go Carmona. <sighs> I think I'd, I'd, go, I'd actually go Miner. Miner, Carmona, 
Jimenez. Rank them. There you go. That okay. order. Minor, Minor Carmona, Jimenez. Carmona, Jimenez, Minor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then let's quick pitch. One player in each league to keep an eye on. Scott's AL player is Mike Trout. Welcome back. Owned in 33% of leagues. Welcome back, Mike Trout. I'm not sure for fantasy owners, at least in seasonal leagues, that this is something to celebrate, though. Um, basically, when he came up this last time, the Angels said he's here to stay and here to play. Problem is they don't have anybody hurt, don't have any obvious openings. So I foresee Trout jumping in there at right field over Hunter sometimes, center field over Burgess as hot as he is sometimes, left field over Vernon Wells, DH over Bobby Abreu, and all of them losing at bats. And at the end of it, Trout as a 20-year-old not performing that well. He had that rough stint when he came up earlier. But then he went back to the minors, hit three thirty three with two home runs, five steals, 996 OPS in 16 games. So that just shows me, okay, clearly he's figured out double A, but he's still not ready for the majors yet. Not surprising, as young as he is. And, and I think we'll see a lot of the same struggles from Trout in this second stint in the big leagues. So uh, avoid him in standard mixed leagues, non-keeper leagues, obviously. And uh, that's reason, more, even more reason to be scared of those borderline Angels hitters in this five-game week. Al's AL player, Brandon Morrow, owned in 94% of leagues. Yeah, but started in only 72. And really what made me think of Morrow is I saw a, a great uh, quote from him uh, in the uh, Tacoma News Tribune. And uh, he, he was talking about his stats actually with the Mariners a couple of seasons ago. Uh, but he said, some of those numbers don't look so hot. But if you look at the nerd stats, I'm having a pretty good year. <laughs> uh, I'm not always sure how they come to those conclusions, but I like them. I'd rather look at the nerd stats. Nice. <laughs> and, you know, th- so if we look at the nerd stats for this year, uh, you know, you could, uh, Brandon Morrell's got a lot to like there, too. Not great. Regular stats, non-nerd stats, his ERA is just 4.41, but a very nerdy stat, XFIP, which is expected fielding independent pitching, which is an estimate of ERA if you get rid of fielding effects uh, and bullpen effects, 3.35. So almost actually more than a run lower than his actual ERA, um, which means that he could improve without really doing anything differently. And he's already striking out far more than a batter, batter, batter an inning. So, you know, the nerd stats tell us that Morrow probably should be owned in more than 72% of those leagues. And he's a two-start guy coming up. He's got the Royals and the Rays. Um, so could be a very, very good week for Brandon Morrow. I feel like the Star Wars music should be playing right now or something. All this nerd chatter. <laughs> uh, Scott's NL player is Yoli Chassin. 94% ownership started in 70% of leagues. Yeah, and that's a pretty low number now for a guy who was great in the first half. Much has been made of his second half struggles. And I think it's actually a little too much because while he wasn't great in his last start against the Marlins, 500 runs in four innings, the four starts preceding that, he had a 239 ERA. And pitched beyond seven innings in, in two of those four starts. So still doing a lot of things right. He's kind of at a crossroads here um, where as we enter the playoffs, what he does over the next start or two is probably going to determine how fantasy owners approach him during those playoffs, whether he's an every start guy or a matchups type or whether they cut him out right. And uh, I think he's a two-star pitcher this week. And the first of those starts Monday against the Astros is obviously – a great chance for him to show fantasy owners 
what he has still. And and if he, he dominates the Astros like he's supposed to, I, I think that's a good indication that Chassin is still going to be a reliable pitcher um, through the playoffs, somebody you could still trust more often than not. And finally, Al's National League player, no relation to Scott White. It's Alex White of Colorado. Right, and but like Scott White, I've got the Rockies on my mind. I've got that nice matchup against the Astros uh, on my mind. And Alex White, like Chassin, will benefit from that. He's going to make his Rockies debut on Tuesday, uh, called up from his minor league rehab uh, to start against the Astros. He was part of the haul from that uh, Ubaldo Jimenez trade with the Indians. White pitched pretty well in his three starts with the Indians before going on the DL. Um, you know, with the lack of options this week, White is certainly somebody to consider um, in deeper leagues, probably a stretch for, for standard mixed leagues. But even owners in those formats should at least keep White on the radar, maybe even pick him up and stash him, because in Week 22, he's a two-start guy at Arizona, which isn't a great matchup, but at the Padres. Granted, the Padres have been hitting and playing better lately, but any start at Petco is, a, is usually a good start. Oh, you know what? I heard on Baseball Tonight last night, that the Padres have scored the third most runs in baseball mm-hmm. since the All Star break. Yeah, no, they're incredible. They're playing well, even when they're not playing the Marlins. Yeah. So, uh, so, <laughs> but you know, White will get the the benefit of pitching in Petco uh, next week as one of his two starts. Um, potential standard mixed league guy in Week Twenty Two. Okay. I mean, Kyle Blanks, Jesus Guzman, and. Cameron Hayes, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. DM Fantasy Baseball at CBS.com. Dr. Cheese says, Dear Adam, Scott, and Al, in my long-term keeper league, I've been offered Steven Strasburg and a 13th-round pick for Tim Lincecum and a 4th-round pick. I've already traded my 3rd-round pick and have three fifth-round picks. Does it sound decent? So he'd be giving up Lincecum and a 4th-round pick to get Strasburg and a 13th-round pick. What? No. No. Do that? No. Lincecum's still young, plenty of good years ahead of him. You don't take the downgrade in picks. Yeah, no, I think that's something you do maybe if you're giving up more of a middle-range starting pitcher, you know, to go for the upside, but you don't give up a, an established elite guy. Yeah, all right, cool. Let's go to our next emailer whose name I left off the email. Sorry about that. Uh, unless your name is Middle Infield Help. So Middle Infield Help, please, he says. Ten-team, five-by-five, head-to-head league. I'm trying to choose the lesser of two evils here. I have Kelly Johnson and Raphael for call to choose from on my roster. I've won home runs five weeks in a row, so I hesitate to use Kelly Johnson and risk killing my batting average when I think I can win home runs without him. So does that mean for call? You know, in a points league, I would take for call over Kelly Johnson right now, but I feel like for call is going to also kill you in batting average and probably not going to give you a ton of steals. Uh, It's closer in this league. I still might lean toward for call just because Kelly Johnson's done nothing right, but for call's not doing a whole lot right either. Would you take any of these guys over Johnson or for call? Aaron Hill, Ty Wigginton, Mysore Asturis, Alcides Escobar, Ryan Terrio, Justin Turner. I think I'd go for call. Yeah. Okay. Next up from the hitters dugout, Dear Fantasy Committed, who to sit, who to start? Pick three starting pitchers Ubaldo Jimenez, Irvin Santana. Two start Morrow, two start Neiman. I guess Santana, two start Morrow, two start Neiman. Absolutely. That's an yeah. easy choice there. And Morneau or Goldschmidt? Ooh. Uh, I guess I'd go Morneau because Goldschmidt, with the four lefties on schedule for the Diamondbacks, that's going to hurt his playing time even more than usual. Yeah. Elio in Oakland. You guys ever have Elio's Pizza? No. 
I grew up on that stuff. It's outstanding. Nine-team NL only Roto Keeper League. You keep 12 of 23. Planning for next season. I have a stockpile of young arms. Many of them are Braves. Tehran, Delgado, Vizcaino. Also, Jared Parker of the Diamondbacks. All for $1. Our league only values starters and closers. Who should I keep? I was hoping to keep six pitchers. The others I have. Um, so I'm not sure. So he's, I guess that means he's keeping Tehran, Delgado, Vizcaino, and Parker for $1. So let's say two more of these. Okay. Latos for eleven, Lubke for seven dollars, Lyles for two, Evaldi for four, Esmil Rogers for two, and Alasco for nine. Uh, Latos for sure, and then to me, for me, it comes down between Lubke and Nolasco, and that's. Oof. Would I be crazy to say I'd rather keep both than all four of those one-dollar pitchers? Because Toronto, both though. No, I don't think you can. He's talking about six total. Yeah, that's four. Toronto, Delgado, Vizcaino, Parker is four. The four yeah. one dollar. So what are you saying? You'd rather do what? I'd rather keep all three: Latos for eleven, Nolasco oh. for nine, oh. and Lubke for seven. Because those are low prices for guys who are already yes. proven can help you right away. Instead I don't of, think instead of Vizcaino. Uh, you know, it's hard to say because Vizcaino is going to have the most experience by the time this year is over, even though it will be in the bullpen. That's the hard part, which to get rid of. And I think – I actually feel like Delgado of this group of four has the lowest ceiling, and that's why I'd uh, I'd probably get rid of him. I could see that, yeah. I thought about Parker too. Um, yeah. Uh, you know what? I would I would go Vizcaino to, to drop. Last okay. email for the day. Andrew from Boston. Two questions for you. My team is in a three-way tie for first in a 12-team, rather deep head-to-head mixed league. Heading into the playoffs in two weeks, I want to know if I should drop Jose Constanza and take a flyer on Chris Young, who was just released. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Chris B. Young, Chris Brandon Young, the Diamondbacks outfielder. That's the guy. Okay. Absolutely. Take him. Also, would you drop Derek Lowe for A.J. Burnett or Edwin Jackson? Oh, that's a tough, tough choice right now. Uh, I, I would, I'd be, I don't think there's much risk in dropping low uh, in this format. And between Burnett and Jackson, I think I'd probably prefer Jackson. Yeah, I could go with that. He's, I'm down with that too. I think uh, anybody but AJ was he two for four as far as good starts go since coming over from the White Sox. Two for four, uh, three for four. Well, two or. I may be missing one, but I know All his right. first four starts was one really good one, yeah. one miserable one, and two mediocre ones. That's Edwin Jackson. That's it. There it is. Saturday nutshell. had a good one. Okay, so good. that's two. It was legitimately good. Yeah, okay. Well, then that's... Uh, be even better than A.J. Burnett's Saturday start? Where he maybe a little. Cursed at uh, Joe Girardi <laughs> coming off the mound. All right, that's it for today's show. Good luck in Fantasy Week 21. We're back on Tuesday with the most added and most dropped players and a Monday recap. Our producer is Jeremiah Thermidor. For Al Melchior and Scott White, I'm Adam Azer. See ya.